Hello there, friends. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Hawani. We got a lot to discuss after two UFC events last week and so much going on in the world of MMA. So sit tight. We'll be right with you. But before we begin today's program, let me tell you about something we're really excited about right here at the Worldwide Leader ESPN. It's season eight of the great 30 for 30 podcast, and this one's called Heavy Metals Inside the Caroli Gymnastics Empire. It is a groundbreaking seven-part podcast series that takes listeners on a deep dive into the lives and influence of Bella and Marta Caroli, the most successful and controversial coaches in USA Gymnastics history. The whole season is available right now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here's today's show. And as always, listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show. Back in your life on this Monday, July 20th, 2020. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Helwani. That's DC, Daniel Cormier. I'm Helwani, Ariel Helwani. And as always, we are presented by Modelo. Modelo Especial. Root for those with a fighting spirit. And Daniel Cormier, we have a lot to discuss coming up. Yes, yes. The last time we spoke, two UFC events. Did you know this? No. There's been two UFC events since the last Oh, time yes, 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 yes. They had a fight on Wednesday. They had a fight on Saturday. Yes, yes. yes I, do you, know, I do. you don't watch them because you're in training camp. So I, I haven't really watched as closely um, as I would normally because I've been training. And then, you know, honestly, man, when, you, when you're like so engulfed in fighting and everything is fighting, 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 I talk about fighting on Mondays. I go back to fighting right after I'm done talking about it. That on a Wednesday night, you know, I prefer to just kind of kick back because I'm practicing twice, mm. right? So I train in the morning. I train again in the evening. When I'm done at 7.30, I don't want to go and throw on fights. I just go and lay down, maybe play some video games and, and just kind of chill. So uh, you have no idea that there's a new flyweight champion. You have, you have no I know that. I know that. <laughs> I, watched, I watched Figueredo and, uh, and Joseph Benavidez. But on Saturday, that was the only fight I watched was the main event. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, well, I didn't watch any that. of the others. We will get to all of that. Uh, of course, so much to discuss. There's one more UFC Fight Island event this mm-hmm. Saturday. Uh, maybe outside of Masvidal Usman, the fight that I was looking forward to the most when all of these fights were announced, Robert Whitaker against Darren Till. I love that fight. And the card is just stacked from top to bottom. So we'll yes. get to that. Uh, we we want to check in with, with your training camp situation because you're on deck. You're the next pay-per-view. There's all kinds of ads, posters, things of that nature. There's so much going on. I want to ask you about the state of your fight, about where it's going down, all that stuff and more. But let's address something that happened yesterday right off the bat. Uh, mm-hmm. People hitting me up left, right, and center. <laughs> And, and, and a, a like on your Twitter. Explain to us what happened here, DC. I get, a, I get something on my Twitter that said that I'm anti-semantic. This is, this is what you told me. I'm anti-semantic. Um, I don't even know what anti-semantic is, like, to be honest with you. I didn't even know. The first time I saw that tweet was when you sent me the tweet. I had no idea what it is. I, don't even, I didn't even bother to read it. I just unliked it. But I saw that I had a whole bunch of mentions from somebody saying that, I, I was anti-semantic. 
and I didn't like the, and I like some tweet. So then I'm calling, then you're calling me. I'm feeling horrible all afternoon. I'm like, so I'm, I'm anti-semantic towards Ariel. And then I got to think about my friend, Danny Rubenstein. So I'm like, okay, so do I, do I not like Danny Rubenstein? Like what the problem? So I asked Danny, I go, Danny, I go, am I anti-semantic? He goes, that is the, that is the, that would not be the thing that comes to mind in regards to you. So then he explained to me what anti-semantic is and, and, uh, no, I'm not that. I'm definitely not that. I don't know how I like to tweet. Okay, but Danny Rubenstein actually, when I talk to him, he actually goes, well, you got about 10 people that have access to your Twitter. So I need to change my password. You need something. to reel that in a little bit. You yeah, know, that's kind of a lot. Star. You're approaching a million followers, I just noticed yesterday. Finally, I mean, geez, I've been doing this thing forever. There was a time where I was like way past you on Twitter. And then I don't know what happened. Maybe this well, show. Well, I won some championships. Yeah, you won some championship. You passed. But every- Ariel, I promise you, I'm not anti-Semitic. I promise you, I'm not. I don't dislike Jewish people. I don't even know. I, I mean, you're one of my buddies. You're one of my good friends, Rubenstein. One of my great friends. I've got a lot of Jewish friends that I love. So I don't know what the hell is going on. Well, I, I definitely know you're not anti-Semitic. I know you're not anti-Semitic as well. It's actually Wait. anti-Semitic. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> That's how I know. That's how I know that this is uh, all one big confusion. Uh, you are not anti-Semitic or semantic. I don't know what anti-Semitic is. Maybe you don't like semantics. You don't like like little details and things like that. Um, of course I love details. Well, yeah, you're the host of details. Okay, <laughs> so you are semantic, but you're not anti-Semitic. Or you are anti-Semitic, but you're not semantic. I'm a little confused. Anyway... Um, <laughs> I, I did call you. I saw a lot of people calling me out. You know, you were so vocal about the Sean Jackson and Steven Jackson. And of course, since we last spoke, uh, it's become like this whole thing. You know, we spent like 25 minutes um, several weeks ago talking about George Floyd and Black Lives yeah. Matter movement. Somehow over the last week or so, it's become this Jewish community versus black community thing. And it's totally gone off the rails. I feel like we're brothers. And, yes. uh, you know, comments from Ice Cube and P. Diddy and, of course, Deshaun Jackson, Steve Jackson. And then I guess you, you, you liked this tweet, apparently, or didn't like the tweet. So I called you about it. It took me maybe 15 seconds to realize that this was a mistake. It's happened to me where I've scrolled through tweets and I've looked at my likes one day and I was like, I never liked this. I don't even want anything to do with this. It happens. We have pudgy fingers. Um, I, I know you meant no harm. So No, I don't, bro. Like, I swear to God, if you took any offense to it, I sincerely I apologize because I did not mean to like some tweet that would be offensive to you or any of my friends it is funny though when you uh you asked me one time if i had any black friends because you were holding the <laughs> the towel and wiping yeah, i up. did because yeah, you didn't know anything about black people i should like, have I'm asked like... you if you had any Jew- I'm, I'm, this is a big <laughs> deal in your life am i your your am i your best jewish friend i mean you and rubenstein are pretty close man wow rubenstein i've known for so long so 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 you and i have like a great friendship rubenstein because of the time spent building our relationship. You got to understand Rubenstein made my t-shirts back in 2004 for the Olympics. He did my website. He did all these. I've known this guy since college, you know, so it's, it's, it's a close run, but you know, you, 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 every day you're, you're starting to edge him out a little bit. All right. Fair enough. Um, Okay. I'm glad we cleared that up. No harm, no foul, a mistake and errant. uh, Like we don't know, like you said, multiple people have access to your account. Hopefully you change your password and, uh, we can so it's up. kind of difficult to change my password when I don't know it. Okay. <laughs> so like <laughs> I logged into my Twitter. But when I got my phone, which is an iPhone 7, I think. I don't know when that came out. I got you have an it. iPhone 7? Yeah, I have an iPhone 7 Plus, the big one. So I have an iPhone 7. I, I logged into my Twitter and I haven't never logged out. And I've never logged out on my Instagram. So if you ask me to sign in, I don't know if I can do that. Mm. 
and there's maybe nine other people who might not. I can ask them. I can yeah. ask them. But then if I ask them, they'll be like, well, what's the new password? Yeah, yeah. That's a because, like, why is everything changing? You know, oh, DC, no, you're this guy. You, you're going to change, take me off your Twitter? Like, come <laughs> on. Well, okay. I'm glad we cleared that up. Also, I'm glad that you're on time this week. Uh, everyone was really mad at us last week. 15 minutes early. Oh, it was yeah, bad. It was it bad. Was bad. All those, by the way, all those Johnny Come Lately Fairweather friends, we see you on the side on the YouTube comments. If you don't like it, we'll show up at 6 o'clock if we want no, to, no, and no, you'll no, still no, no. watch, hey, okay? Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> stop. Don't, don't go crazy, man. They Seriously. were like, let's get 2,000 downvotes, 3,000 downvotes. You know what? We don't need your Fairweather fans. No, Ariel, stop, stop, stop. Just stop, please. Stop. We need our fans. We do. Just say. Without the fans, they were very we, quick. We are- they were very quick to bury us. Hey, without the fans, we are not the fastest growing show on ESPN. Remember, that's kind of our thing. You know, like, we got to keep growing. You can't start turning into this guy. You know, don't be – don't go all aerial on this. You know, like, don't do that. What does that mean? I I am – I am me. Well, you do that all the time. Like, sometimes you go all aerial on me, and I don't know what's going on. What does that mean? I've never gone all aerial. I don't even know what that means. You do it all the time. You do it all the time. I could tell you something, and I'm like, dude, don't go look. Don't go do don't do this. And <laughs> immediately, you go and do exactly what I told you not to do. Yeah, I'm like, don't freak out. I'm like, don't freak out, but I'm going to tell you this, and I need you to just, like, understand that I got your back. And then five minutes later, you're like, hey, I had to do something in regards <laughs> to that thing you told me. I'm like, come on. We just had this discussion five minutes ago. I told you, I got that Middle Eastern blood, all right? There's, there's a lot of venom in here, okay? It's like right away. It's like right away. It's like you, you'll like you'll insult Darren Till, right? Mm. I'll My go God. fix it. Yeah. Two <laughs> seconds later, you insult him again. It's like, how do I make things better if you continue to do the same exact thing that's getting you in these situations in the first place? Now, Darren and I are cool. What about those zingers I've had recently on Ben Askren? He's just been continuous tenure. Yo, what is up with you and Ben? Like, leave Ben alone. Like, I, I put the picture up of us yesterday, and somebody goes, man, you're constantly burying Askren. He's like, can you please? Get in, talking about you, not me. He yeah, goes, yeah. Can, could you guys at least give him an interview? Like, dude, you got people starting to feel sorry. They're turning on you. They're about to turn on you right now. You're becoming yeah. a bully. It's no. like starting to turn into a situation where you're bullying Ben Askren. Just like you're anti-semantic, I'm anti-bully, okay? Let's well, just make that very clear. It's, I don't it's like not some, I guess you just said semantic. That's yeah, that details. Was, yes, I like my details, yeah. so I am semantic. Can I tell you what I love? Mm-hmm. More importantly, who I love. Okay. I want to be the, uh, the founding member of the Davison Figueredo fan club. I oh. love this guy. I think I'm in love with Davison Figueredo. This guy is something else. First of all, did you see what he wore to the arena? <laughs> I saw it on the picture afterwards. He was dressed so nice. He had his hands wrapped. Dude showed up for his coronation. He ready to become the king. Dude showed up. I was like, wow, this dude's showing up like he has no care in the world. That he sweet walked shirt. In there. That shirt was like velvet. Was it velvet? <laughs> was that velvet? <laughs> was that it a was velvet the, shirt? The, shirt the, the, the black pants, the sunglasses, right? He's got the hair. He's got the look. But here's the thing about Davidson Figueredo that I just found out. I didn't know. Thanks to my friend Guilherme Cruz of MA Fighting. Did you know this man used to be a hairstylist? Like a legit what? hairstylist. At a, a, yes. A, for, for women at Come a hairstylist. Come on, man. And also a sushi chef. He might be the most interesting man in the UFC, Davidson Figueredo. Davidson Figueredo was a sushi chef. In a hairstyle. hairstyle. There is footage of him like with the, you know, like with the, with the, with the, what's it called? The blow dryer. Oh, hey, and, like, the thing. like, hey, the, the Davidson Figueredo was dressed to win the championship in the same way he could dress to go do somebody's yes. hair. Is what, he's got yellow hair too, doesn't he? I love this guy. I really love him. And, and, and how about that? How about that? Like, how about that fight? That power? Bro. Skills? 
I think when when I was watching the fight, I heard a lot of in the build was Joe B saying he won the first round on all judges' scorecards in the first fight. False. And I think that gave him confidence, right? Or, or that's something that he held on to to give him confidence going into the fight. But what I realized very quickly when the fight started, that even though maybe Davison had um, lost the first round, maybe Davison had lost the first round, he gained something much more valuable in that fight. And that was an understanding of the threat that was Joseph Benavidez. And the way he approached that fight, it just seemed like there was no threat. He was not fearful of Joe B in any way. What's happening over there? What exactly are you doing? At I was point? I was pouring I was pouring coffee real quick. You know, in the middle in the middle of your soliloquy about how great this guy is, like you couldn't have. Usually, you wait till it's my turn to talk. No, 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 no. I was I was I wasn't really. I didn't lean or do anything. You know, like I'm a very good multitasker. And then Tiago, you know, he's not. like Tiago brings the coffee with the spoon and the cream. Wait, he's doing that right now. That's what happened. <laughs> He just did it. It's like he Tiago doesn't understand timing, you know, so he just kind of moves with the flow of the wind, you know. That's my guy. But listen, back to Davidson Figueredo, which is yes, much yes. more important. Yes, yes. Much more important than you trying to make put me on blast all the time. He looked phenomenal. And that understanding he got of the threat after that first round, it allowed him to go in there with just extreme confidence and he walked him down and he seemed to be willing to take whatever Joe B would give him to land one because he knew that when he landed, he was going to hurt him. He might be the hardest hitting flyweight of all time. Eight and one in the UFC. Uh, six of those wins now have come via finish. We saw what he did to Benavidez back in February in Virginia. I don't agree with the notion that he lost that first round. I don't agree with the notion that he headbutted Joe B in the, in the second round of that first fight. I think Joe was the one that initiated the headbutt. And well, that's I didn't what understand. Davison was saying too, right? Davison and kept he was saying mad he about that. Me. Yeah, he was mad about it because there was this narrative that he was the one that did that. And that's part of the reason why they had to run it back. No, they had to run it back because he missed weight. And I understood that. And it was the best fight to make. I get that. But he did not, he's not a dirty fighter from what I can see. He's just a really hard-hitting fighter. Now – I wanted to ask you about something in that fight that caught my eye, and, and you're obviously a lot more um, well-versed to speak about this. It seemed to me like Joe changed his stance. Like, he had his, his elbows in like that. Did you notice that? It looked a little different than what we've seen from him in the past. Did you notice that as well, and why did he do that, in your opinion? So, so what I think was what, what a lot of people miss in the first fight, in the first finish. Go back and watch it very carefully. Right as... Davison is pursuing Joe. They come together. Davison lands a nasty left body shot, a nasty left body shot, right? And so when Joe B starts to fade away, that big right hand that put him out, that body shot will make you want to start to keep your elbows in tight, right? Which is something people may expect from me with Miocic because he had so much success with the body, with the, with the, uh, the body punch. So if you keep the elbows in real tight, it's harder for those shots to kind of sneak under the rib. I believe, and I could be completely wrong, I believe that that body shot hurt Joe B, and so he was very aware that he wasn't going to take those shots from Davison anymore. That's what I thought when I watched it after seeing the highlights of the finish so many times, but I don't know. It just seemed like everything was, like, in tight and high, like everyone was trying to keep himself really protected. But then Figueredo just started wrapping things around the guard. It was crazy because the guard's here, right, blocking here. Davison was just hitting him here. 
and here. He was catching them on the outside of the guard, and he was hurting them every single time. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was crazy to watch him pursue Joe in that way, being that for a long time, Joe Benavidez was the power guy at 125 pounds. He was the guy that could put you out. And he looked like he posed no threat to Davison Figueroa in that fight. I mean, that had to be one of the cleanest championship-winning performances I've ever seen. Most dominant. Yep. The only yep. one that I could think about that even compares, and you can't, you can't forget about this one, was when Rafael Dos Anjos completely wiped out Anthony Pettis. Because remember what we thought of Pettis at the time, and Dos Anjos just dominated him for 25 minutes. That was the second championship winning performance that may be in that range, but I still don't know if it was as dominant as what we saw last Saturday. Joe obviously has a lot of heart uh, defended the, the rear naked when it looked like a couple times he was going to be done. It was hard to watch with the multiple knockdowns, I think three total, and then he never tapped. Um, and like I said, he, he, you know, he's, he's very well liked. Joseph Benavidez is very well liked in the MMA community. And there's a lot of talk now. And, and, and I think he had a, um, an honest assessment afterwards of his future that he's not going to get another crack at the UFC belt. Oh, and four for uh, his, his attempts to win a UFC title. Oh, and five, if you include WEC 135. And so a lot of people are sad for him and rightfully so because he is so well liked, but I saw some people afterwards say that he's the best fighter to never win a UFC title. Mm -mm. I can't disagree. I don't think that's true. That's not fair. I don't think that's true. There are some guys out there that haven't been UFC champion that, I mean, Can I give you some names? I wrote them down. I came yeah. prepared. I got one at least. I got one Go for ahead. sure. I know Alexander Gustafson. Alexander okay, Gustafson. Yep. He's on I mean, there. He's because he he came so close to beating two of the greatest fighters of all time. Right. So he didn't even just lose his championship fights. He was right in the mix with two uh great champions. Um, do you want me to list anymore or you want to go? Go ahead. You, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson never won a UFC championship. Uh, you gotta think about the the career that Dan Henderson has had um, before the UFC and, and in the UFC. Um, another guy, uh, when I think about. Okay, let me help you out since I have the list in front of me. Uh, I had Hendo and Gus on there. Guy Metzger from back in the day. Oh, yeah, Guy Metzger. Alistair Overeem. Alistair Overeem. Yeah, that's another guy. Gegard Mousasi. Mm, I think I think Joe's about on this the level with Gegar Musasi. Kenny Florian. Kenny Florian, another guy that challenged for the belt. And, yeah, Kenny. Uriah Faber. You. Okay. Yeah. It, that that so that's a Chad Mendez. Have uh, yeah. Have you heard of the Diaz brothers, Nick and Nate? Yeah. You know D Damian that, Maya. That's why it's hard to. That's why it's hard to make a. A, that that big an assessment right mm. in the moment because when you think about it, it's like wow. I, I honestly, for all those guys that you just listed, I could not even say who would be the guy that was the best that never won a title. I, I don't Hendo, know. I think Hendo. Given I think the fact Hendo that he for all of his accomplishments, tried, yeah, probably, yeah. but but I don't even. I don't even know if that's that's absolutely correct because look at look at Alistair Overeem. I mean, right. look at all that he's done. You know, when you look at a lifetime of accomplishments and not getting to wear that UFC title, he might be the guy, you know? So it's, it's, it's hard to make that determination because there's been so many great fighters that haven't had a chance to, 
wear a UFC championship. But then I just believe that that speaks to how difficult it is to become the UFC champion, you know, and it's just a different level of, of, of athlete that gets to wear that belt. I feel comfortable in saying this. He's the best flyweight to never win a belt. I think that's a fair assessment. I don't know how much that means to well, him. Well, there's only been three flyweight champions. <laughs> I know. That's why well, like, I try to be like, nice here. But here's the thing. He might not even be the best alpha male guy to never win a title. I, I would I put think that's Uriah. Mendes. And I Mendes. think that's Uriah. I think Chad Mendez was the man. It's, it's easy to forget how good Chad Mendez was and how dominant Chad Mendez was for so long because of the way, you know, he walked away. And the memories that you have of Chad Mendez are, wow, you know what, man? Chad Mendez might be the alpha male guy. Because you got to remember, he fought Aldo twice, mm. right? Fought Aldo twice, once in a classic. Mm. The second time he got finished. Um, fought Connor for the interim championship. Remember, he fought Connor for the interim title too. So Chad Mendez had, had three title fights against all-time greats, you know, so. Yeah, but Joe B, Joe B is is up there, you know. But again, a lot of the, a lot of the, that goes to the fact that he's so nice all the time. You you don't you don't know a guy that's nicer. I've never had a bad interaction with Joseph Benavidez, so it was hard to watch him lose in that fashion. But you know, he's in a good place in his life. Um, Dana White finally, two years later, finally confirmed the flyweights are here to stay. You know, he was always sort of wishy-washy on it. The flyweights are here to stay. And I think that's a testament to Figueredo because I think they know they can market him. He gets it. I hope for his sake, he learns just a little bit of English. And this is me not, I'm not trying to be like ethnocentric or anything like that, but I do think it goes a long way. Look at other guys. Like once Junior Dos Santos started to learn a little bit of English, people started to like him a little more, even with Anderson finally towards the end of his career. And I think that American fans, Canadian fans, English-speaking fans, they gravitate towards someone who even tries a little bit. Like when Habib started to speak English, right? People started to connect with him a lot more. Yeah. So I hope for his sake he learns a little bit English. But are you in favor of this? Are you one of those anti-flyweight guys? Are you anti-semantic and anti-flyweight <laughs> as well? Please tell us um, right now. Clear this up. Okay. I love I love the flyweights. Oh, no. I, Where are we going with this right now? I'm I do know. Worried. I love the flyweights. The only difference for me is like – I, sure, learn a little English, but I kind of like the 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 I like the champ being a Brazilian guy that speaks Portuguese, and he has his translator, and he's just so dangerous. And I don't really truly understand. I don't know what Davidson Figueiredo is thinking, and I honestly don't know what Davidson Figueiredo is saying because you don't know if the translator is even telling us everything that he's he's is Davidson is saying. So um, I kind of like that intrigue. You know, I like that Habib has the broken English, but it's not perfect. I don't Tiago talks to me, he's learning English, right? And he says things like bear instead of beard. And Ian's trying to correct him, my, my chef. I'm like, you leave him be him. Like, let him be the guy that has the broken English. That's part of who he is. And I want Davison Figueredo to be Davison Figueredo. I think, like you said, you know, there's a, there's a pressure to almost, you have to learn English to, to get people, but he's got a country behind him. And I, I kind of like the intrigue of him not speaking it. But I do like that division's here to stay. I think Davis and Figueredo can be atop that division for a while. I think part of the reason everybody was so sketchy about the flyweights is because once a guy gets the belt, they generally don't lose it, right? Mm -hmm. DJ had it forever, and Henry had it, defended it. It's like, and it looked like he was going to have it for a while. So there has to be, an, you know, challengers to Davison. And right now, with the way that he smashed through Joe Benavidez twice, I don't know who can compete with that guy right now. Okay, and I just want to clear something up. 
I mean, for me, it doesn't matter, but I could, I could, I mean, I, I, I feel like the UFC to promote someone to sell pay-per-views to make him into a draw in America, which is their biggest market. It helps them if you speak English, right? Like I couldn't care less. I, I just said at the beginning of the show, I want to be the founding member of his fan club. No, I know for sure. I know you love Davis and Figueredo. I mean, but I, don't you I, feel I like, don't you feel like you beat pro- that drum for the last three days? Like you were texting me, Davis and Figueredo. I'm like, okay, Ariel, I get it. Look at that shirt. It was amazing. But come on from, from a pay-per-view standpoint, it helps, right? You can't deny that. So here's the problem. So here's the issue, right? Like this is the thing, bro. And I, I don't know how many times I got, exp- he won't main event a pay-per-view. Wow. It's he like, you will eat your words, okay? You do not. I'm speak just like saying, like, like time, he'll 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 be a, a co uh, the the co main the co main event. That's what that's a lot of times where those those smaller weight classes are on the pay per views, and that's fine, and that's fine. So him bringing in the Brazilian fans and people that are Davidson Figueiredo supporters, they'll still be there. Here's one thing I didn't like about the whole Davidson Figueiredo experience on on Saturday. Wait, I know what it is. I'm going to tell you. Tell me. Because there was, I was, I wanted to say that earlier, there was one mistake I felt like he made. Two, technically, but go ahead. When he went over to Joe B and just laid on the ground next to him. I didn't okay. like that. I did not like it's, that. It's uncomfortable, right? It was so uncomfortable because you could tell Joe didn't want to be involved in it, right? Yeah. Like he should turn. Doesn't he like shook him. his hand. Yeah. He doesn't like him. And then Davidson is still just kind of sitting there on his knees. Joe's kind of trying to turn away from him. And then the ref tries to come over and pull him away to bring him to his corner. Like that was one mistake I felt he made. I did not like that. The only thing worse than that is when you knock someone out or beat him up or win, obviously, you know, a one-sided fight and you put the guy on your shoulders or you hug him or something you like that. Carried him? No, 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 no. But you, I've seen this before. Say, what? <laughs> no, <laughs> but I've seen this before. Have, have you not seen, you've seen this before, right? Like when you clearly won and you're celebrating, you bring the other guy with you. It's the worst. Bro. Yeah. I was wrestling because I'm not going to call this a fight. I wrestled at UFC 200 with Anderson. And I yes. was like, I won. I pinned him. I teched him. I teched this dude. And I get up. I'm tired. He kicked me in the stomach, right? He kicked me in the stomach a little bit. I'm tired. I'm talking to Bob. I look behind me. They're carrying Anderson on the shoulders. I was like, what, what did I miss here? Did he? Oh, no. I'm talking about when the guy, like, if you would have carried Anderson, like when you called oh, no someone chance. up and they're like, yeah, let me show you props when I'm celebrating. Did Davidson do that? Up. No, I'm just saying it's happened before. I can't think of it right now, but it's happened. That's the only thing worse than what you said. Yes, it was uncomfortable because he's kneeling there and Joe B is like kind of out of it. He wants nothing to do with this guy. He said before the fight that he wanted to seriously hurt him. And he's like, get yeah. out of my face, right? Like my, my dream of being a UFC champion is over. Get out of my face. So I get what you're saying. But here's what I didn't like. I didn't like the fact that after, who are the two names that he calls out? Sohudo and DJ. Come on, man. First of all, <laughs> one's not in the promotion and the other's retired and has no interest in making 125. Like if we need... If the flyweights are going to have a future, we need to have flyweights defending titles against flyweights and not talking about super fights and moving up to 135 and all this stuff. They that's the problem. Get me, get me the belt so that's my ticket to do other crazy things. That's the problem. It's like when Davidson Figueredo just wins the title and starts talking about challenging the 135-pound champ, that is not good for your division. Right. You have to, you have to stay down. And uh, there has to be pride in your belt, right? You worked hard to become the UFC champion. And you can obviously see that admit a ton to him. But, um, yeah, that's one of the issues with 125. These guys start looking to the next thing immediately. They need to live in their, uh, in their division for a little bit. I'd love to. And he will. Haircut. And he will. See, part, another part of the issue is Davidson's a big guy for 125. And yeah. he's missed weight before, right? Yes. So, so it, it must be scary to him to know now that if there is a weight miss, not only do you get to fight 
you get to fight not even for your championship anymore. Yeah, you see him on the scale? He made weight. After all that craziness of the past week, he had to take multiple COVID tests, and he was, he was late. He missed the charter plane. But he looks like a skeleton yeah. on the scale. He's it's big little, in there, though. Yeah, How yeah. big is he in there? I mean, he's massive. I was like, wow, he's a big guy. He's another Valid Ishmael guy. Love Valid Ishmael. He's a classic. You know Valid Ishmael? Mm-mm. The manager. You've seen him before. He's the jungle fight promoter. He's got the bald head. He's a very intense guy. He's always with Paulo oh, Costa. Oh, I know him. I know him. I know exactly yes. who you're talking about. Yes, I do know who you're talking about. This I know man exactly is for real. About. He is for real, brother. He is for real. He's a champ. He's going to knock him out. He's the man, uh, Valid. So congratulations. I'm happy that the division is staying. There's players, by the way, in case you're worried. Oscar Askarov, who won on Saturday, who looked great. You obviously didn't see the fight. You've, you've admitted to that. I appreciate it. It was a had... Russian guy that fought that my cousin told me looked really good. Yes, Askar Askarov, the guy I just oh, mentioned. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a wrestling dude. He can go. He's, by the way, he's 85% deaf. Can't hear anything in the middle of the fight. So he's just in there going. He's just a beast. Yeah. Even more impressive. He's got some great cardio or something, right? Yep. Uh, Brandon yeah. Moreno. Uh, Alex Perez. So there's names out there, and I want to see them. Alex Perez is starting to look like he's kind of finding his groove. Moreno's mm-hmm. really good. That, that, that uh, France at a city kickboxing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's names. Man, I'm telling you, I, in, in all those names, I don't think I would pick any of them to beat Davidson. And no one can wear a shirt like Davidson or like style that. hair. Would you let your wife, I see your wife has luscious locks behind you. That's your, your, your family beautiful photo. You changed the photo this time. I changed the you, backdrop right? a little bit. Yeah. I'm, that's, that's a new thing I'm doing, right? Like, I'm going to change it this week. I'm going to change it next. I'm going to just keep changing it up. Every week you're going to change it? Well, probably not every week. You know, I kind of got to hit myself there. But when I get the urge, I'll change it. Um, all right. Well, that's good. Would you let her visit? Um, my wife has very short hair. Would you let her visit Davidson Figueredo's hair salon? Um, I don't know. I mean, okay. if he's good, that's yeah. not my hair. I, don't, I, I, I honestly have nothing to do with Selena's hair. I've never had to say I've never, I've never said, oh, I really like that style of hair, Selena. Could you keep it? Because if I do that, she might change it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. She, I don't get to choose her hair. You know, it always looks nice, and that's what I care about. And if Davidson Figueroa is good enough to do her hair, yeah. But hey, you ever notice how expensive it is to do their hair though? Yeah. Like women doing their hair, it costs way more than a, a fifteen dollar haircut. Derek Lewis owns a hair salon in Houston. Really? Yeah. The beast owns a hair salon. I got yeah, barbershops. Yeah. I don't have I don't have a hair salon. I got barbershops, but are your barbershops still open? Yes, they are. But with the, all the COVID thing, man, it's like one of them. We had a couple older barbers, and they're really concerned about going into the shop. So um, that location, we may end up closing uh, it and just combining them uh, into one. We got one that's really busy, and then um, the one with the older guys isn't so so much. It's not the best location, so we may close that one. Combine the barbers into one shop and then maybe open another shop somewhere down the line, me and L, you know, so okay. it's good. And by the way, L's my, business, L's my business partner and, yeah. and brother-in-law. That's one of my favorite things that you do when you just mention someone's name that no one knows who that person is. Like we're supposed yeah. to know who L is or Bob L's, L's, or they, Cassandra. Told, no, no. We have this like great joke about L, right? He's from Alabama and we call him the blackest person in America because he did a, you know, those, uh, what are those, uh, those tests to find out your genealogy? Oh yeah. Yeah. And everybody always has like 70% African, 15% this, this, this dude had 98% African. We've never seen, we've never seen one where there's like, it's all so much one thing. And we all, and his name is Lavoris Chantrell Walker. And we wow. go, man, you're the blackest dude in America. And he's like, man, shut up, man. It's the funniest thing in the world. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You want, because I got Marquita on the phone, so. Oh, you hey, go this? ahead. Yes, please. Marquita. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Hey, babe, what's your bird's name? Uh, Tilly. Tilly. The bird's name is Tilly? Um, thinking of a new name. Wait, you, wait, the bird's name changes? <laughs> yes, I change names. How often do you change your names? Okay, so Key, what's the bird's name? What's the bird's name right now? Tilly? Uh, Tilly. Oh, yes. Tilly. Okay. All right. I love why you. T- wait, wait. What's what's the the origin of the name? Key, why is the name Tilly? I don't know. <laughs> okay, Kiki, I love you so much, sweetheart. <laughs> Bye. There we go. The bird's name is Tilly, but. Next week, the bird's name may not be Tilly. Okay. So I guess she changes the name. She just told me. That's why I didn't know the bird's name. It changes. Because she doesn't know. It changes. I really wanted to ask her what happened to the other birds, but do you think that would have upset no. her? No. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I was really curious. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, so that's the story as far as the uh, the main event is concerned. Now I want to talk about the middleweight division because we saw the return of the Joker, Jack Hermanson, who, by the way, might be pound for pound one of the nicest people in the sport. He's so smiley. He's so happy all the time. Heel hook submission. In D.C., we had two heel hook submissions in, mm-hmm. in uh, this card on Saturday. You had... The heel hook by Mr. Uh, Jack Hermanson. You had the knee bar by Ariane Lipsky, which was just brutal to watch. But Hermanson doing that to Gaslam was very impressive. And afterwards, DC, he laid out. This was great. Usually someone calls someone out after a fight. He didn't do that. He laid out the entire middleweight division. Yeah, he he like, booked the whole thing. He said, all right, I'm going to fight the winner of Whitaker versus Till. And then Jared Cannonier is going to fight um, uh, the, winner the winner of Israel versus uh, Costa. And it all kind of made sense. I was like, you know what? I don't hate this. I like it very much. And then said by the end of it all, it'll be Paulo Costa that's holding the title. Like he just, initially I thought he was, I thought he was, I thought he was faking it. He was so happy all the time. Jack Hermanson. I was like, there's no way he's that happy. And I was so skeptical. I was like, he's lying. He's lying. He's not that nice. And then I met him and he was that nice. And then I met him again and he was still that nice. And he's just been that nice ever since. Jack Hermanson is really that nice a guy and he's an absolute killer. And, Kelvin hit this beautiful lateral drop, right? As he was getting taken down, he lateral drops Hermanson, and Hermanson gets his the, 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 the ankle lock submission. It was beautiful. I mean, massive way for him to make a statement in his return to the octagon because who did he lose to last? Cannoneer, right? Jared Cannoneer, yeah. yeah. Losing that, that last fight was, was a big a step back, but then to do what he just did against Kelvin Gastelum immediately puts him right back in a position 
to uh, get where he's trying to go. So I like the idea of him fighting the winner of Till versus Whitaker. I also like the idea of Cannoneer since he beat Hermanson fighting the winner of Izzy versus Costa. And on Saturday, uh, Combate reported first, and then we reported a few minutes later that Izzy versus Costa is going to headline the September 19th pay-per-view, the one after you, UFC 253. Now, uh, everyone made a whole big stink over the fact that at the post-fight press conference, Dana White said it wasn't done. But if you actually go listen to the post-fight press conference and not just follow the headlines, which people are lazy and they do this sometimes and it drives me nuts, it's very clear. He has a conversation with Mick Maynard. He says only one side signed at that point, which was true. The other side, Izzy Adesanya, was sleeping. That's why he didn't sign. And if you actually look at Izzy's Instagram story right now, he posts a thing saying that he signed his contract. So it's good to go. It's happening. It wasn't fake news. Tatiana Suarez, by the way, stirs the pot. She called me out for reporting fake news. She's she's she also called you out last week, by the way. For what? Yeah, she called you out. <laughs> no, she didn't. She did. No, she didn't. When we Tatiana were Suarez is my girl, Doug. She did not call me out. Let me tell you something. She called you out in a big way. When we were what talking about say? Masvidal, you called it a two-piece and a biscuit. That's what I said, because that's what it is. Dog Popeye what? is two pieces of biscuit. It's three pieces and a soda. I, it was that's what he said. Yeah, that's what he said. And you said two pieces and a biscuit, and she called you out. She <laughs> called you out. And then I can't let my childhood. It was 99 cents, you know, two pieces and a biscuit. Is that cents. a real thing? That's a real thing. And on Tuesdays, they still do it. Two pieces and a biscuit. <laughs> Ninety-nine cents, two pieces. Just two pieces. I feel like that's not enough. It's like a leg in the thigh. It's a leg in the thigh. It's not. You're not gonna get any white meat for mm. ninety-nine cents, but you'll get a leg in the thigh and a biscuit, and it's so buttery. The biscuit's mm. all buttery and warm. Put a little bit of honey on it. It's the best. I haven't had that in a while, you know, because yeah, of the right. training camp. But, ooh, what are you talking about? Last week, you called me. You were fighting with your your chef Ian about having like the rice or something. Yeah, because he doesn't make the kind of rice I like. I don't like long grain rice. It's too dry. I'm a rice connoisseur. Dude, let me tell you something. There's not, a, there's not many people in the world that understand rice better than me. I want medium grain rice. I don't want long grain rice. I just go crazy every time. Because the long grain rice is like, it's all separate. It doesn't kind of stick together. The medium grain is like nice. It's almost like, it's almost like that, that sushi rice that kind of sticks together and it just tastes real good. You know, I'm like, I didn't need medium grain rice until I met Selena. And the mm. moment I, I ate it, I was like, wow, this is much better. So now it's all medium grain for the boy. So but me and Ian, were, I yell at Ian all the time. We were arguing about something because you wanted like spicy rice or something. So for a while, Ian was making my food super spicy and it was kind of like making me sick because I like my food spicy, but it was like too spicy. He was right. like, okay, you want spicy food? I'm going to get you. And then I was like yelling because I don't know what it was. I'm always yelling about something. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. a little like aggravated. But Ian's a good sport. He's the best. He's the man. Training camp DC in full effect. Sometimes I can be a bit to handle. I know that. I can admit that. And I think that speaks to the type of person that I am. Mm. No, but it's interesting because like last week, I felt like you were no nonsense. Today, you're in a much better mood than last week. I am. I am. Yeah. Last week, I wasn't in a, I wasn't in a great mood. Why? Um, I don't know. It just wasn't a very good week for me last week. Okay. You know, all right. It, it's, now sway, like, it's hard for you to sway. It's hard for you to like... Your training can sway your mood, like you don't spar well, you don't do things well. I just feel like I'm much better recovered this week. I took a little bit of a a, a week a week back last week instead of just push, 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 push because you can run yourself into the ground. And I think I was doing that. You know, I want to win so bad. 
Oh, I know. I have a lot of people saying, DC, you need to stop doing the show. You need to focus. Is this, is this a strain on you or is this? I need this. Like I need this. Like I'm, I'm such a, I'm such a focused guy that if I don't have things to distract me, I'm in trouble. And you know, before I would coach wrestling, I would coach football. I would do all those things. And I don't have any of that anymore. So now I have to, uh, I have to find ways to, to, to kind of get my mind off the fight because it's all I think about. Right. Do you feel like it's uh, more pronounced this time because it's the last one? Not even that. Like, I think it's more pronounced because I, I want to win so badly. And I feel like I just, I fumbled so bad. Like, I fumbled, I fumbled really bad last time. Like, I fumbled in a lot of ways, though. I was so distracted with everything going on in my, in my, in my life. And, and just, I was so focused on coaching and all these other things that I, I kind of just fumbled. I fumbled bad. And I wasn't prepared as I needed to. And I got tired. Like, I got tired. Like, I can admit it. That's why I got, I got tired, you know. He hit me with those shots at the end. He hurt me in the body. And he hurt me in the head. And I didn't react, right, because my body couldn't react because I was so tired. And uh, I, I will not allow that to happen again. If he ever finds a way to hurt me, I need to fight back like I did in every other instance in my entire life. I didn't do that last time. And it, 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 it sits with me every single day. You know, like, I, when I go to bed at night, that's why everybody's like, man, you always got people around you because it sucks to be around my thoughts. Because when I'm just stuck with my thoughts, a lot of time, I start thinking about the things that I didn't do that got me beat last time. So I try to occupy myself. Did you have a false sense of confidence because you beat him in the first round the first time? I think like, I think like when, you know, earlier I spoke about Davis and Figueredo finding some comfort in the threat level of Joe Benavidez. I think that's what happened to me too. Um, I was very comfortable because I felt like I was better and I still do believe I'm better, but that was even like, it was even like, it was almost like reaffirmed after the first round because I would hit him with everything I threw. I mean, even at the end of the fight, I think I landed like 70% of my strikes. Like I barely ever missed, you know? So it, it was, it was, it was, it was just a bad combination that got me beat. And so I think about it constantly, Ariel. It's bad. It's really like bad. Dream about it? When I go in the room at night to go to bed, because, you know, because of all this COVID stuff, I've been staying at my other house so mm -hmm. that I'm not around my wife and my children because I'm having to come in contact with so many other people. Mm -hmm. So every night I go in the room and I go to bed and for 30 minutes, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't sleep. I just lay there and kind of like think about everything and, it could happen five minutes in, it could happen 10 minutes in, but at some point I'm going to think about the fight again. And I'm going to think about all the things that led to me getting beat. It happens every time without fail. Do you watch it? I've watched it. Uh, I watched it so far one time. That time I watched it on the treadmill. Now people watch it. Coach Mark Henry was here for a week uh, last week or two weeks ago. And he watched the fight every single day. And he broke down the fight every day. And he spoke to me about the fight every single day. And I didn't need to watch it because I feel like through him, I've watched the fight a hundred times mm. because now I know every single punch he threw. I know that when I throw, he's always going to try to counter. I know that at the end of his combinations, there's a certain punch that comes every single time. Like, because he just studies it and studies it and studies it and studies it that I'm so familiar with Stipe Miocic you know, not only from the time I spent in the octagon with him, but also through all that film study that 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 uh, coach has done.
Here's my one um, worry. Is it possible that you will put too much pressure on yourself because you want to end with that Cinderella moment, winning the belt, last fight, all that, that you're, you're adding too much pressure? There's enough pressure to beat Stipe, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, right? No, it's not even about that. Like, so I just want to go, I just want to do what I'm supposed to do, right? And if that means win, that means win. But I want to compete to my ability. That wasn't the best of my ability, right? I know that because of who he is, there's a chance that he could beat me, right? Like, you got to be stupid not to think that a guy that has done all that he's done can win a fight. But if he does, I want him to be the best version of me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if he wins that fight, I want him to do it by beating the best version of Daniel Cormier, not a guy that's not even a year out of back surgery and not in the best physical condition and not um, able to train himself to be who he is. That's, and that's all I want. I want to be able to go out there and compete to my potential. And with that said, I feel my potential is me winning the fight for sure. But I just want to be able to do it the way that I've done it my whole career. That's it. By the way, uh, most importantly right now, is this fight happening in Abu Dhabi? No, it's, hap it's, it's happening in Vegas. No, I know that's, that's the plan, yeah. but I heard Dana say, like, you know, they're thinking of backup plans. I spoke and to him. I spoke to Dana right okay. after that because, again, you almost – you turned me into Ariel when you're <laughs> like, are you fighting Abu Dhabi? And I was like, what? You're like, are you fighting Abu Dhabi? And I'm, so I texted Dana and I asked him, I go, am I going to Abu Dhabi? And he was like, no. He's like, the fight's in Nevada. He said, unless something changes completely, right? Honestly, things are changing. In California, things are changing. They closed everything down again. Gyms are open for, like, a few hours. And then they shut them all down starting today, I believe. Uh, restaurants and everything is starting to kind of close down again. So it's uh, things are changing. And if things continue to change in Las Vegas, then, yeah, the fight may be in Abu Dhabi, which would benefit or play to what Stipe has been wanting because we go to Abu Dhabi, we fight in a bigger cage. Mm -hmm. But right now, you don't feel like they're not telling you. Are, are they even saying there's a chance? No, no. Said Nevada, you know. Okay. That that's the uh that's the uh the, the thought that's the hope for me. I'd prefer to fight here. I'd prefer not to go to Abu Dhabi. You know, my wife's you know seven months pregnant now. She'll be almost eight months pregnant whenever um, the fight is about to happen. So I'd prefer not to fly halfway across the world uh, to go fight. But I would if that's what would have to happen. Definitely. Don't be saying you turned me into Ariel. I saw it. I saw him talking about it. So I came to you to let you know because I know you weren't reading it. I was like, hey, man, it sounds like there's a chance you might be fighting in Abu Dhabi. By the way, I can't believe that your wife is, is seven, eight months pregnant. I feel like we've yeah. been on this whole journey together. How's yeah, she when, feeling? She's feeling good. You know, it's, uh, it's been, this one's been a little tougher than the others, you know, but she's a strong woman and uh, she's a fighter and she loves her children. And with the baby now, I can see that every day that the bond that there, it grows. Like, it's crazy, right? Like, I have to wait until the baby comes in order to start to build my bond. Sure, I can talk to her and I can rub Selena's belly. But I have to wait until the baby comes to hold her and start mm -hmm. to build my bond with her. There's that thing where you take your shirt off, right? And you, you go skin to skin with your kid, right? Like, that's like one of the ways that we as men can bond with our children. I can see every day that she is building her relationship with the baby as she grows inside of her. So I'm very proud of her. Oh, so you're having a girl. Yeah, we're having a girl. Oh, yeah. congrats. Cause last time we I spoke, didn't tell you that. 
No, you remember I asked about the the bris if I could do the bris and this. Oh and that? yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you asked me to do that. I forgot about that. You, <laughs> can I do that? Like you don't know how to do that. Like why would you ever even offer did that? You, did you have like a, a a gender reveal party? One of those things? No, it was just me and uh, so it was me, uh, Tyler Minton, oh. Tiago, Tiago, Tyler what a Minton. Party. What they did was they took the uh, Tyler and Tiago put the 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 confetti in the balloons, and uh, they gave me and Selena each one, and then the kids had those guns that shoots out the stuff, and uh, so when we popped the balloon together, the kids pulled the thing and it all shot out pink, and and I gotta be honest with you, little Daniel wanted a little brother so oh, bad, man. he couldn't even hide like how, but he, he'll love his sister, but he yeah. wanted a little brother, right? He wanted him to wrestle, he wanted him to, he wanted to be able to guide his little brother, but. Uh, now he's come around to the fact that he's having another sister. And I, I just convinced, I continue to tell him he's the protector mm. and he has to protect two sisters now. Right. So he's even more of a big dog than he ever could have imagined. I mean, he could have FaceTimed me. I could have taken part in it. You know, I mean, but like, <laughs> you're crazy. I mean, it would have been you're, that. You're I mean, so you're so crazy. I mean, I mean, Hey, Ariel, three o'clock today, we're going to do a gender reveal of FaceTime. You know what I mean? would be nice but you know i'm sorry bro i'm sorry i'm sorry first, I find, I, first I find out i'm number two on the jewish pound for pound list in, uh, <laughs> in your in your book and now i i don't get the invite to the gender reveal mm. in any event going sideways yeah i mean faster yeah. than i thought uh <laughs> in any event let's can, can i get your thoughts your immediate thoughts on izzy versus costa i'm uh, so I'm, well, can i just say well, I just want, yeah, we went on a serious tangent. Like, what? You did like a little mini interview in the middle of the show there for a second. It was great. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't no, do try, that. Don't do that. Don't say interview. I try not to talk interview. about the fight. Don't say like, interview. Okay, sorry. Uh, just the second time, by the way, in UFC history that two undefeated males fight for a UFC championship. The first, UFC 98, Rashad versus Lyoto. Of course, uh, eventually won by Lyoto Machida. Now, you could put a little asterisk there because, of course, when you fought uh, John Jones, technically, in most people's eyes, you were both undefeated, but technically, you had the one against Matt Hamill. So, officially, that's absurd. He's undefeated. The guy's undefeated. The guy's I undefeated. You saying that, but officially, this is just the second time. By the way, that was 11 years ago. There's been 150 UFC title fights. This hasn't happened again. So, it just speaks to how special this fight is. These guys hate each other. I love the dynamic. Can you give us a, a, an early look into the fight? How do you think it plays out? And if you want to I love this fight, be nice too. Ariel, I love this fight. I mean, I think this is one of the most exciting fights the UFC can make. I think that Israel Adesanya is a massive star. As you see, man, it seems like the sun just came down. Is my face starting to look a little different now? No, you look great. You it's fine. Look okay. Yeah, yeah. The hair looks nice. Israel Adesanya is is just one of those guys that now I watch him and I feel like I can feel almost like the star radiate off of him. But Paulo Costa is as dangerous a fighter as anyone um, can hope for. And, you know, when I look at the matchup, I know that Izzy likes to counter, right? Mm. That's why the Romero fight was so bad. Both of them were waiting for chances to counter. Paulo Costa will give him those opportunities because Paulo Costa is not going to stand back with him. He's going to go after him. He's going to fight him with so much pressure, so much forward pressure that Izzy will have his chances to find those counter opportunities. The problem with that is no one's been able to stop Paulo Costa from fighting in the exact way that he wants to. Um, very interesting fight. And it's 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 hard to know who's going to get the victory, honestly. Because for as good as Izzy is, 
I believe Paulo Costa is just as skilled, just as talented, and as powerful as any guys that I've seen. I mean, this guy looks like a heavyweight fighting at 185 pounds. I don't know how he makes weight. Hmm. I was talking to his uh, one of his coaches, Eric Albaracin, right? And they were talking about a guy going in to be one of his training partners, a kickboxer I used to use. And I was like, yeah, I was like, he's tough. I was like, you know, he, he works hard. He'll always fight you. He goes, good, because Paulo needs so many guys because a week and a half in, he breaks them, and he has to replace the training partners because he does not go um, to protect his partners. He goes through you and then give me the next guy. Reminds me of Kane back in the day. So interesting fight. Izzy will have his spots to counter because Costa's going to bring a lot of pressure. Um, yeah, he, he's uh, known as the eraser, so I'm not surprised to hear him do that, Paulo Costa. I love the fight because of the history, because it's just the second time two undefeated males, because they truly hate each other. Remember last week, we were talking about Jorge and Camaro hugging. These guys are not going to hug. I They're feel not going to hug. Right? No. There'll be no, no hugging whatsoever. No hugging. You know what I also love about the fight? You know, in this day and age, everyone has an opinion. I mean, even with your fight, some people are like, oh, Francis should fight Stipe. Oh, yeah, uh, John Jones sure. should fight Jan or Dominic Reyes. Um, Camaro, you know, I say the, the Edwards and Gilbert Burns and Masvidal rematch. There is no other fight for the 185-pound title that we want to see, right? This is the fight. Like, there's no debate. They want the fight. We want the fight. I love that about it. And to your point, I also love the fact that Izzy's a little annoyed that everyone jumped off his bandwagon after the Romero fight. I mean, we forget – Last year, arguably the fighter of the year. Incredible performance against Robert Whitaker, right? I mean, Gaslam fight was fight crazy. of the year against Kelvin Gaslam. The Anderson fight was fun. And then all of a sudden, the guy has one, you know, substandard fight, which really wasn't his fault, in my opinion. Everyone's like, oh, he's a bum, he's a bum, he's a bum. This fight will not be boring because of what you just said. Costa doesn't know how to wait. Like, he just goes full force. And that might be ultimately his undoing in this fight because I can see a situation where, like, almost Izzy's going backwards and knocks him out like a Stipe versus Verdum situation. But uh, I love this fight. Now, it was met with mixed feelings because everyone thought that Khabib versus Gaethje would be in September. Yeah, so that, that, like, yeah. you so knew. What, what I you knew right away. I knew right away that Khabib wasn't going to – it's going to be too difficult, you know? It's going to be too difficult, you know, like you, you got to like, you know, Habib is dealing with something that is so difficult and so tough. Right. And, and like we spoke about a couple weeks ago, it's he's his, him and his dad's relationship is so much different and he was everything to him and now he's gone. So it's going to be a while before we see Habib, man. And I, you know, I love my brother and I hope that he takes as much time as he needs because it's just a different situation for Khabib and his dad opposed to uh, most people. So don't rush himself back in there. Mm. You know, take your time. And so, yeah, so we don't get Habib in September. Okay. You get Izzy versus Costa, which is a phenomenal fight. And you know what else I loved? I love Dana White saying, take as much time as you want. Because Dana's fully aware of the relationship that Habib had with his father. And he understands that you can't ask a guy like Habib to do this thing without coming to terms with everything that he has lost in his life now. So I support him taking, taking some time. He needs it. Look, I, I know that my uh, fellow... Uh, media members have to ask questions sometimes and they're not always the most comfortable questions. It's uncomfortable to hear them ask about Habib and his status. We need to chill on that front. 
Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, guys, just read the room. You know what I'm saying? Like, read the room. Izzy versus Costa. The man is devastated. He just lost not only his his father, his mentor, his best friend, his coach. Like, let's even if he doesn't fight this year, honestly, even if he doesn't fight again, I would understand it. Yeah. Well, that. Go ahead. I don't think he's fighting this year, honestly. And it's gonna take a lot of. Uh, it's gonna take. It's gonna take a lot of uh, strength from a very strong man for Habib to be back in the octagon ever. I think. You, you know, think there's a chance he never fights again? Man, I just I just know what Abdulmanap meant to him to him. Yeah. And I know that this was their journey together. You know, I I, I hope he fights. I just don't know. Like I don't know. Like I said, you know, it's gonna take. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to muster up a lot of strength for an already strong person to go out there and do it. And if he does, I mean, I just don't know how long um, he'll be around. You know, maybe he fights. You know, maybe he fights and honors his father with another massive and unbelievable performance. But I, I look back to his fight in September and when he won and the way his dad reacted. It almost like you, you saw the video where his dad kind of like reacts after he won against Dustin Poirier. Mm -hmm. It almost like his whole body, his spirit was filled with joy watching his kid do that. And um, I'm just happy they got to share that together. So we'll get Izzy versus Costa. They're both, they both signed. They're both mm -hmm. good to go. Uh, September 19th. We'll see what else. And, and we don't know, by the way, where that fight is happening. It might happen in Abu Dhabi, as you mentioned. Uh, but we, we, we knew that, you know, Eventually, they're going to go back to Abu Dhabi. Like, this isn't the end of, quote-unquote, Fight Island. We know that for no. sure. We just don't know when. Uh, it'll be Vegas or Abu Dhabi. I, I don't think it's going to happen in New Zealand or Australia. I saw some people saying that. They're very strict with their rules, kind of like my home country, Canada, saying no to the Blue Jays. Like, they don't want people coming in from all over the world and all that. There's quarantine involved. So it's probably going to be Vegas or Abu Dhabi. We'll see what happens. But speaking of Habib, uh, I want to ask you about Hamzat Shemaev. This guy has everyone talking. They're calling him mini Habib, but really, uh, he's he's a bigger version of him. He's 170 and 185. He made his debut against John Phillips at 185 last Wednesday. Now he's fighting 10 days later. Eventually, it'll be 10 days on, on Saturday against Reese McKee, who's a great prospect out of Ireland. Uh, but everyone is very high on this guy. He fights out of, uh, he fights out of Sweden, out of the All-Stars uh, gym in, in Sweden, Stockholm, Sweden, where Alexander Gustafsson trains out of. Have you seen this guy, Hamzat Shemaev? Because people are very, very high on him. I saw some highlights of his fight. He got the... Uh... Darce he, choke. He got the Darce choke. Yeah, yeah, I heard that he went out there and just truly dominated that fight. Takedowns and a lot of good top pressure. Yeah, I, I, you know, anybody that fights twice in 10 days is, uh, is, um, is it's exciting, especially if he can put another victory behind the one that he had a couple weeks ago. And if he, had, if he is as impressive as um, people are saying, then, it, you know, he's a guy to look out for. But I got to be honest with you. I knew that eventually when the Dagestanis and the Russians started truly making their way into mixed martial arts, they're such good combat sports athletes that I knew they would become a problem for the world as they do in wrestling. I've said this to you. One year, the Russian national team won six out of seven weight classes in the wrestling world championships. Wow. They're consistently the best wrestling nation in the world, right? And now a lot of these guys are taking that same approach that they took in wrestling to mixed martial arts. And now you see two Russian champions, Habib and uh, Pyotr Jan, and you got Zabit right on the cusp. You got Islam Makachev that's got to be working himself pretty close. And now this new kid that you just said, um, 
it's it it's you're gonna see a lot of Russian fighters making their mark in MMA because they're great combat sports guys. Hamzat Shamayev, remember that Hamzat name. Hamzat Shamayev. Yeah, he is a beast. And I feel bad for Reese McKee, uh, Reese McKee, a Cage Warriors product, Bama product, who a lot of people are high on. All of a sudden, there's only one Irish-born fighter because Joe Duffy, respect to him, retired on Saturday. All of a sudden, it's just Conor McGregor after that invasion. Uh, and now we get a second one in Reese McKee from Northern Ireland. Uh, and you got to debut against this guy on a week's notice. <laughs> that's a tough, that's a tough drama, tough man. Ask. I, I feel for him, but I think that that's a name that people are very excited about. All right. You know, like, I don't know what happened, but like, it's like. Yeah, like, the light situation over there is. like went crazy. Speaking this of is, crazy, have you seen Max Holloway's new hair? What's going on over there? This is better, huh? Yeah, it's much better. Well, now you know what it looks like now? What do you say? <laughs> it looks a lot more pronounced that you have like really like you got you got the island thing going but like nothing in the middle i don't know why the lighting looks like that but it looks like you've got the hair it here like, it just looks like all of a sudden you look 65 years old really yeah what? i know i can see it okay back shine down on me light make yes. me beautiful again <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of max holloway's hair did you see that i don't like it I don't, I don't like it. I don't know what Max is doing. Max is going, <laughs> that judge, hey, that, that decision that Max was on the wrong side of really has taken toll on him. My boy done dyed his hair and everything. I don't know what's going on. I got to call him. Does Tom he have to dye the mustache as well? Is that, is that the problem? Because he's got the, I think that's the problem. You got to go Hulk Hogan. You got to do the whole thing. You no, can't have no. two colors, no? Could you imagine if he dyed that mustache? But no, like he can be like, it's like Hollywood Hogan. Remember Hollywood Hogan had the dark, and That's what I'm saying. Hair started to go black. Well, he had dark on the sides. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice. That it was nice. It was so nice. great when he had that. He was such a great heel, you know? People didn't think that he all had those him. years, all yeah. those years as a face, the moment he went heel, he was the man. And I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, like this, he was he he was the man. When he bash at the beach, bash at the beach. He went bad. They threw all the debris inside the ring. People were really, really hurt whenever that dude went bad. It was awesome. He screwed up the promo, though. He called it the New World Organization in the promo. When he should have oh, called it the New World remember Order. Remember when he went there? Remember when he went to WrestleMania one time and he did the opening and he was like, what's going on, yeah. Dallas? They're all in <laughs> Miami. <laughs> I think they were in New Orleans, right? Something Maybe, like that. I don't know where they were. But this dude's like calling out the wrong state. He, it, it's like it, Hulk Hogan senile. You know, he's taking way too many pile drivers. So you don't, you don't like uh, the new hair for Max Holloway? No, nah, it's not my favorite. Who rocks it better, him or Izzy? Oh, Izzy did that too, huh? So mm, that's kind of yeah. like a thing, right? These guys are all dying their hair yellow. You what know about who, you? You know who rocks it better? You? Davison Figueredo. Oh, he does. Oh, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. I can't even say the guy's name without you giggling like a schoolgirl. You giggle like a schoolgirl the moment I say that dude's name. You're right. I forgot. How did I forget? Ariel, who has the greatest yellow hair? Davison Figueredo, baby. <laughs> do it, do us, or however you say his uh, his nickname. That guy is mad. Listen, I want to go get some sushi with Davison Figueredo. <laughs> he was slicing that stuff. You, and then hey, I want to get a hairstyle by him. You, you, know? will, you will eat sushi with Davison Figueredo, too. 100%. Like you, 100%. You, even if his family's there. You're not opposed to like going to somebody's family dinner and just sitting This is disgusting what you're doing right now. This <laughs> what is do you absolutely mean? disgusting. What do you this mean? joke has been going on seven years now. Here what do you I mean? am in Las Vegas on my birthday, all by myself, 
this guy calls me, this guy, meaning Daniel Cormier, tells me, oh, come have dinner with my family. And I come have dinner. I'm like, no, I don't like to do that sort of thing. I go finally after much, um, you know. Uh, that is like, not like, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Much convincing. And I sit there. What did I have? A bowl of rice. <laughs> I ordered a bowl of rice. And now I feel like because you bring it up so much, I feel like this created a rift between you and your hey, wife. Is this what honestly, happened? Okay, Was so she can, mad? I re- can I tell you my recollection of the story? Yes, please, go ahead. I'm sitting with my beautiful family. Mm-hmm. We're in the MGM Grand. Or Mandalay, what one of those restaurants? Yeah. And I see you. No. (laughs) Listen, just let me finish the story. So you're walking through that little corridor that used to go from the arena to the place. Yeah. We're at the front. And Selena go, oh, there's Ariel. I was like, wait, you don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. So then then (laughs) I look. Selena goes, hi, Ariel. You walk in. And you're like, is there another chair? I, I was like, okay. Do that. I'm the last person to do that. <laughs> like, like, I want no interaction. Like, there, is there another chair? I'm like, okay. I was like, hey, Ariel, you can join us, but you, I didn't bring my credit card. I have 100 bucks. Could you order just rice? So then that you ordered so rice, and that was it. I only had 100 bucks. You ordered rice, and that's, that's what happened. That's the way I remember the story. Why has this story stuck with you after all these years? I mean, you invited me. You called me on my birthday to come sit down with you. I went begrudgingly. And for some reason, you feel like I overstepped my boundaries. By the way, that was the first time, and I've never talked about this publicly, the first time I ever ate with a fighter, even though your family was there, so I felt like it was a little different. I felt very uncomfortable. I thought I was going to be seen. I would be outed as a DC guy. It would have been bad for my rep. And now here you are bringing it up, outing me that seven years ago, I had a bowl of rice with you. I don't think it's fair. Hey, you remember that time I made you order catfish? <laughs> that one, the, the Mexican restaurant, in <laughs> which we shall not name. Hey, she- Ariel, I've made you make some bad food decisions. You remember you, remember you were kind of doing the whole Ariel thing, right? Just looking at the menu, like short-circuiting. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, just yeah. up and out. I was like, dude, try the catfish. Then you're like, what is this? This is the most disgusting thing I've ever eaten in my life. Like, you can't. I don't, I don't actually think I had it. You did have the catfish. You took one really? bite and you didn't eat it. You Where was ate. this? You're an elitist. We were in Philadelphia. We were in Philadelphia working for our former employer. We're sitting in the back. You order catfish. You're like, this what is back? Like- I have no recollection. When did we go to Philadelphia together? Or, or uh, we fought. They fought in Philadelphia. Wait, 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 wait. It was Newark, New Jersey. Ooh. It was Newark, New Jersey. Anthony Johnson fought Ryan Bader. No, I wasn't there. I was not there. Yes, you were there. You ordered catfish, and you're like, this seems like a uh, fish is like a a, a bottom feeder. Scavenger, bottom feeder. This is disgusting. I was like, like, my goodness, bro. Every time I try to tell you something, give you the direction, you go crazy. It was yeah, a would, good meal. I, I would never eat catfish. You're, you're confusing me with someone else. Someone no, else. No, you, you so, you, so you're telling me the catfish maybe, story. Maybe is it untrue. was Danny Rubenstein, your other favorite Jew. So is the catfish right. story untrue? Untrue, hundred percent. Do you not remember us looking at the cat? It was a barbecue restaurant. They had catfish. No, I have no recollection. You're so stupid. I swear <laughs> to God, you're no selling. You know, you're actually no selling. Speaking of no selling, do you remember a couple of weeks ago when uh, they added Jorge Masvidal to the card, and I said that uh, he would bring like around five hundred thousand pay per view buys, and you called me crazy? Well, you are one of those guys that sure likes to say, "I told you so," huh? It's like your favorite thing in the world. It's your favorite thing in the world. Can it's I like, get some props here? We're about to no, end the show. I've been waiting an hour for you to tell me. You know what, Aaron? You were right. Oh my goodness. It was crazy, right? Like these guys did a ton of pay-per-views. It it just showed that Jorge Masvidal is that biggest star. And even Dana admitted it. Dana had Dana went up there and admitted it. He said somewhat begrudgingly as well. A little begrudgingly. Star. But I'm not begrudgingly, whatever that means. Because yes, you yeah. said that five times. You said begrudgingly five <laughs> times in the show. Whatever begrudgingly means, 
I'm not begrudgingly. So let's just let's just get that out there. I, I don't dislike Jorge Masvidal. I've been kind of getting that a lot. Like, I don't like yeah. Jorge Masvidal. Well, it's the same thing with me and Gilbert Burns. People say, like, oh, you dislike – I don't dislike Gilbert Burns at all. Like, when Dana said that Gilbert's going to fight Kamar Usman, everyone was like, oh, Ariel right now is whining. Yeah. I could care less. I could not care less. All okay. I was saying was that Leon should fight Gilbert to determine the number one contender because Gilbert – excuse me, Kamar was going to be out for a while. Like, at the end of the day, it's not my life. It doesn't affect me one bit. But you even don't just hate Masvidal, I don't hate Gilbert. How about that? No, but for sure. Just like the other day, right? I fixed me and Jorge's relationship. Remember that oh. day I fixed it? I was like, I said we were good. And so then we were good. Yeah, like you decided, you decided. Yeah, that, that we're now. so we're good now. Like Jorge and I are good. Like that's it. Like let's just let it go. Let's just let it sold go. a ton of pay per view. Congrats, Game Bread. That's He's right. the man. He is the man. Um, you know what worries me as we round third here, at DC? I, I got to say I'm worried about something. I'm what? worried about our brother Aljamain Sterling. I feel like he's getting the Montreal screw job. <laughs> I feel like it's coming a mile away. What is going on? Like, what is happening? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my goodness. He's getting the screws put on him. What's happening? I'm like, Dana, just let me in the booking meeting. I just want to be in the booking meeting. I want to see how it works when the screw job came to play. I want to see how it works. I want to see how it works, dog, because I don't understand it. How in the world can you not just say Al Jermaine's the guy? Who else, though? Who else? Well, Marlon Marais is saying it was him because he knocked him out three years ago, and I get it, but he also, like, you know, I mean, like, he got oh, the title I shot. Oh, I forgot. Wait. Marlon Marais did beat Jose Aldo. Yeah, but he got the title shot, and... and, and wait, Aldo. wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh wait. My. Now you're saying Marlon Marais? That, wait a second. No, 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 no. When everyone else said no, Aldo no, really won no, that no, fight. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't know who else, so I wasn't very worried for Aljo. A bit of concern just came across my oh mind. Oh, my gosh. Now, a bit now of you're... concern just came because I think Aljo's the guy. He should be fighting for the belt next. But when Marlon Marais goes, I knocked him out and I did this, and now another player has entered into the conversation that's scary because I don't know why there would be any hesitancy in saying he's the guy. You would think that he had earned that against Sanhagen. I just want everyone to recognize what's happening here. This is the corporation right now. <laughs> Who, me? Yes, this is, this is justifying <laughs> this. This guy has no. won five in a row. He's Wait, beating stop, everyone. Stop, 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 yes. stop, stop. What are you trying to you, – you do this to me every time. What? I'm, I'm playing the corporation. I'm saying Aljo be deserves no question. the shot. No question. Aljo deserves the shot. But it's scary now that another name has entered the conversation. Before it was like – I don't know. I don't know if he's the next guy with nobody else, at least to my knowledge, in the conversation. But then when I think, oh my goodness, Marlon Marais. I mean, Marlon Marais is on a win streak. But you said that Aldo deserved to beat Marais, didn't you? I, I did. I when did. you justified Aldo getting the title, <laughs> wait, 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 I did. I did. Yes. I also said. I also said Aldo in the title fight because he's the biggest name, and if Piotr Jan can get past him, it legitimizes him. Right. Hey, listen, I'm in the booking meetings just doing whatever I think WWE does. So you don't want to like, you don't want me booking. The, you don't want me booking title scenarios because I'm booking. I'm booking like a pro wrestler. So I don't know, man. I don't I, It makes me worried for Aljo, but um, I do believe he should be the guy. I feel like they said before the Sanhagen fight that he, the winner was getting the title fight. I don't know why. They openly said that it, yeah. this could have been for the title. Right, right. <laughs> Which I which I campaigned for as well. Yeah, bro, he went he went from being in the, the club title fight yeah. to the number two contender now. How did that happen to Aljo? How did, what did Aljo do? 
Where yes, did he? Sarah when did, when did he go left when he should have went right? He needs to talk to Matt Sarah. Get Matt Sarah to talk to Dana. He's got to get get some some answers. Can I ask you a question seriously? Yes. Is it possible that the people that I campaigned to get a title shot aren't getting title shot? <laughs> Hey, I mean, honestly, if I got to be honest with you, like, please don't ever ask for a title shot for me. Okay. Like, I'm glad you, glad you didn't try to bid, do my bidding for me because I'd be sitting on the outside watching. I got to say, that just occurred to me. Leon Edwards, Masvidal beforehand. Dudes will never get title fights. <laughs> Everybody, you're like, man, this dude should be fighting for the belt. They all just sitting on the corner. Well, I'll that tell you one, one fight that I really want to see happen, Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley. They're going back and forth. They're trying to make it August 22nd. Woodley needs more time. And I kind of feel like he deserves a little more time, no? I mean, the guy was just in a fight May 30th. Is this fight ever going to happen? What do you think? Is this going to be one of those fights that just never happens? Because that would be a shame. The fact that you just said you want it to happen? Yes, yeah. it probably will <laughs> never happen. It probably won't ever happen because you jinx fights. But, yes, Tyron needs a little more time. He shouldn't, he shouldn't fight right now. Like, you know, he fought against Gilbert Burns, and he fought as hard as he possibly could, and he kind of got wiped out. I, I would take a little time if I'm T. Wood, try to reset my mind. He said he needed a reset, and that, that, that's, that's true. That's him, like, being an open thinker. And that's not something you got with Tyron a lot, right? Tyron was kind of guarded before. Now you can see him, like, being completely honest with the world, that he needs a little time to get his mind back where it needs to be for the title fight. I think he should wait. But that's the fight to make. It's look, the fight. I, I hope Colby waits for him. Look, I look. I believe it's the fight to make. But if T Wood needs too much time, mm. I'd like to see Colby fight. Uh, Leon. No, you said Leon Masvidal. Leon, look, any of those three, Colby, right. Leon, <laughs> Colby versus Masvidal, any of those, they, they all work for me. The welterweight division is fun, right? Yeah. Because you got a ton of storylines in that weight class. All these guys have like. They've all kind of made this crisscross pattern around each other to where you can just make all these fights without losing much. All right. Well, uh, a couple of shout outs before we go. Uh, shout out to Hafel Fazayev. Did you see that guy? He did the Matrix move on Saturday against Mark DeCasey. Oh, you see that? Where he bent his back. That guy was nuts, man. That guy was so <laughs> intense. Holy smokes. There's been some great performances as of late, and that was one of them, in my opinion. Another great performance, Lerone Murphy. Are you familiar with this guy, Lerone Murphy? This guy was walking outside in England six years ago outside of a barbershop, got shot twice in the neck, spit the bullets out. They call him the miracle, survived, had no direction, involved in you know, some bad stuff. Six months later, starts training in MMA. Now is an undefeated fighter. Won uh, this past Wednesday. Won his uh, his uh, his UFC. Oh yeah, he beat a good guy too, right? He beat uh he beat uh Ricardo Ricardo Hamos. Yeah, in his did. guard, smashing him with those punches. I like this guy, Luke Barnott, former UFC fighter, very high on him. So shout out to him. Shout out to Calvin Cater. We didn't have a lot of time to talk about oh, Cater man. with a big win over Danny Ige. I like Danny Ige too, though. Danny Ige yeah. too, far very well. You know, a lot of people get. Credit for the contender series. I think Dan Ige being number 10 in the world right now at this point may be the most successful contender series guy uh, that came off the show. I know Sean O'Malley uh, has the big following, but he doesn't have the ranking and the wins of, of uh, Dan Ige yet. But man, Kelvin Cater just continuing to show how much of a problem he is for everybody in the featherweight division. Very impressed with Kelvin Cater. Peter Holloway, you like that? I think that, you know, honestly, I thought that was the fight that's going to be made next. I think that's the guy Max will fight because Calvin Cater has now put himself in a position where he has earned another one of those big matchups. Uh, shout out to Paul Felder, who left in the middle of the broadcast to corner Jared Gordon, right? Wasn't that amazing? Yeah. 
What a nice guy. Yeah, Paul Paul's the man, bro. Like, you know, when I first heard that this kid's coaches weren't going to be able to corner him, um, I was very concerned for him because I didn't know what happened. But Paul Felder did it. And also uh, Eric uh, from Extreme MMA, Eric uh, – they both cornered him and hats off to both of those guys eric is a phenomenal guy i trained at extreme couture when i was there working he is a man just a nice human being and i'm glad that they were able to do that for jared uh shout out to the uh, dan levitard show which put out a, a poll last week is daniel cormier better at talking about fights oh or fighting 85 percent said talking about fights what in the world is that <laughs> how is that even possible no respect how that just means you're really good at doing this. But that's kind of crazy, though, right? Like, man, how in the world does 85% of the world think that I'm better at talking at fighting than I am at actually fighting? Have they seen me fight before? Or is the only memory they have is me losing to Stipe Miocic last time? Like, it's crazy. But thank you for the support. But I really would like to – hey, what is that word you give? Degrudgingly? I'd like to begrudgingly disagree. I begrudgingly disagree with that notion. Close. It's begrudgingly. <laughs> uh, just a couple more. Shout out to The Rock. Him and Francis Ngannou playing footsie online. That was cool, right? Saying they wanted to train together. I'd love to see that one of these days. Could you right? imagine the weights that are going to be lifted in that garage? Oh the Rock God. doesn't have an, uh, uh, The Rock's like, stay home. Train yeah. at home, guys. It's all good. The Rock has a freaking museum in the back with nothing but weights. The Iron Paradise, which he travels Oh. When he goes to do movies and stuff, like all those weights and all that, The Rock has that thing when he goes on movie sets and stuff. So that stuff's always available to him, that massive weight room that he uses. Wow. It's everywhere he goes to, to work. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's incredible. Wow. The Rock's the man, bro. They build him out of a big old freaking weight room everywhere he goes. I wish he'd be the president. I love The Rock. I wish he'd, he'd run the oh, world. Man. He's Come the on, man. man. What? Don't say stuff like that, man. Because. In this what? day and age, man, anybody. I mean, you saw Kanye's rally yesterday? Oh, let's not get into that. Let's not get into that. Let's get into that. Hey, shout out to Bellator. They're back on Friday. Good to see them back. Shout out to Rose Namajunas. She had uh, no surgery successfully on Friday. Hope she gets Damn. well soon. Uh, Joe Duffy, like I said, great career, my man. Uh, hold your head up high. And uh, shout out to the card this weekend. Uh, very quickly, look at these names, DC. Robert Whitaker, Darren Till. Shogun Hua against Antonio Rogerio yeah. Noguera. Fabricio Verdum against Alexander Gustafson and Gustafson's heavyweight debut. Carlos yep. Barza against Marina Rodriguez. Paul Craig, Alex Oliveira. What about Hamza Shemaev? There's a lot of Todd Duffy, Nicholas. Du no, Todd Duffy's not. Todd Duffy's not fighting. I talked to Todd Duffy this morning, man. What there's are you talking weird, about? Hey, there's a weird thing going on on Wikipedia. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> Once again, that's the second time. <laughs> that's the second time it's you see no something, you read it, regardless <laughs> if you know it's wrong, regardless if you know it's wrong, you just read it. <laughs> I just fell for it. it again. On Wikipedia, every card, they put, they put Todd Duffy versus John Vellante. <laughs> I swear what is God, wrong I with you, dude? What I is wrong with you? Last week, and I looked it up, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I fell for it. 
Oh, Todd Duffy. Yo, I wasn't aware that they're doing that. But I talked to Todd Duffy's car. They do it on Wikipedia, and I keep falling for it. I'm like, what? Todd Duffy's not fighting John Belante? I talked to Todd Duffy this morning. He is not fighting, dog. Okay, all right. Uh, We're out of time. Thank you to uh, Ancestry (laughs) and uh, who else? Manscaped and Modelo and the whole team. DC, have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone. That's absolutely absurd. All right, man, I'm out. Peace. We're out of here. (laughs)